Matthew 11. Matthew 11. Oh, I feel like we're going to capture something in Jesus' heart today. You ever played chase with a friend and they're just right out in front of you and you're like, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you. I literally feel like the presence of the Lord like moving right in front of us. And it's not just for me. I just feel like as we lean in, we're going to like grab something in him. So please chase him this morning. Do not be just in your seat listening to Danny because you can hear all my words and generally understand them and have no quickening from the Holy Spirit that changes your life. And I would very much prefer for that not to happen to you because you might fall under a deception that the Bible's boring. Let me pause you. You might fall under the deception that the Bible's boring. If any of you are under that right now, the Holy Spirit's unraveling that. I just sense that in the Spirit. Someone's under that and the Holy Spirit's unraveling it. I see it on your mind. You believe that the Bible's boring and therefore the enemy's stolen your food and the Holy Spirit's saying to you, no, my word is alive, but there is a chase dimension. Wake up and chase me. Wake up and chase me. Amen. Matthew 11. We are going to be looking at verse 25 and down. It's just going to be one section that we're going to be camped in. Matthew 11, verse 25. This series of unveiling Jesus, if you've been in your reading, we've learned about him as a baby and him growing up and John the Baptist starting to prepare the way. But we just felt in the spirit that this message is a preparation for the next three months, kind of an introduction to the teachings of Jesus because he's going to begin for chapters upon chapters upon chapters. He's going to articulate who his father is like and who we are made to be. Verse 25 of Matthew 11. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and Lord of earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. I'm going to read to the end of the chapter here. All things have been committed to me by my Father, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me. Just hear the Holy Spirit chasing you right now so you can chase him back once he tags you. <laughs> Come to me. Any of you who feel weary or burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me because I'm gentle and I'm humble in my heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Just want to pause this for a moment and Jesus, we just ask right now that you would touch us with the sense of your chase that each one of us, that none of us in this room could leave this moment feeling like the word of God didn't chase them. We ask that every single one of us would receive a revelation by the Holy Spirit, a chasing of God into our hearts. In Jesus' name. Come to me, 
and you will find rest. In our gospel readings this past week, the gospel narrative starts with a lot of tumult and a lot of lack of rest. Roving government is advancing, taking ground, taxing people, killing small children. I mean, it's just, it's a crazy time to live. Jews, like just happened at the Capitol, Jews are revolting. They're attaching to a Messiah figure. I'm not throwing Trump or Biden or anyone underneath the bus. But in me, this is me and what I do, I attach sometimes to a human and put my trust in them, and then I leverage my human ability to try to bring out the best for me and for others, and it doesn't work. And Jews were doing this all over the place, revolt after revolt, trying to throw off Roman oppression, but without avail. And then God births himself as a baby with angels in heaven all declaring glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men. Jesus grows up, and I know that this teaching's out of Matthew 11, but something that I want to highlight today is as Jesus becomes full grown, this is the cry of his heart. He's saying, I want to reveal that smiling father to you. And he says, take my yoke upon yourself and learn of me and you will find rest for your souls. So this morning, Life 21, I want to encourage you, whether you're at home or here, wherever you find yourself, and even when you think back on this message, in the next several months, the person of Jesus wants to chase you down as you're in his scriptures. He wants to reveal the heart of the Father, and he wants to impart to you a yoke that will break every other yoke that's upon you. Raise your hand if you know what a yoke is. Jack Jack was the first one to raise his hand. Jack, you know what a yoke is? (laughs) So I was down in Central America and God gave me like a prophetic moment with this cow or these two cows that was amazing. Let me explain. (laughs) So I'm on the side of the road and this big, huge cart comes along. I mean, the thing, the amount of weight that was in this thing was huge. And on the right is this huge bull. I mean, like, straight out of, like, a Sports Center magazine. I mean, he's just, like, huge. He's like a prize bull. Just a huge thing. And he's trucking along. And to his left is this cute, skinny little, little teenager bull in training. And literally, I kid you not, as it was happening, I was like, I'm the skinny teenager. I just, like, knew it. And I kid you not, this is what was happening. Here's the yoke. It's, it's the straps on the bull's back that strap them to the cart and strap them to each other. The teenager bull was one step ahead of the big guy and going, <laughs> and Jesus said, that's you. <laughs> and I thought it was funny, and I knew you'd hopefully, somebody laughed. I'm glad it was funny to you still. And Jesus said, you're this skinny little cow, goat, uh, bull thing. And he said, Danny, you always seem to be one step ahead of me, not letting me carry your load. It was so gentle, but all of a sudden it just kind of flashed before my eyes. All the times, like those at the Capitol this Wednesday, like me, like all of us, (laughs) 
We want God to get a thing done. And maybe it's actually his will. Or maybe it's not his will. (laughs) But either way, we take one step ahead and we say, I'm going to get this thing done. And what Jesus came and what all his teachings are about, there's a beautiful yoke for you. And there's a beautiful, stronger ox for you that could literally carry the whole thing without you. (laughs) But he wanted to experience the ride with you neck and neck, being able to turn and whisper to one another. And in fact, as you carry the load with him, he'll even strengthen you and give you moments where you look really cool, even though he may be carrying most of the weight. (laughs) All right, that's the message. We can go home now. (laughs) I just want want to pause this. I want us to look back, and I just want to highlight just a few yokes that we carry, just because we can get this general concept, but it's like, well... Jesus, a yoke sounds like a task to do. And it seems like confining. If you're in a yoke, you can't like run and play wherever you want, it seems. If you're in a yoke, you got to pull something. And so false yokes can be really deceptive and it can be hard to understand what they are and to have them broken. So will you permit me like 10 more minutes to see if we can get Jesus, not get him, receive him breaking some yokes? If Eric says no, get out! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Eric, I'm just kidding. We love you. This is, it's so rich to be together. If Eric leaves, though, know that we're besties and he won't be offended at me. Verse 25, Matthew 11, again. At that time, Jesus said, Matthew 11, which you'll get to in your readings in just a few weeks here, Matthew 11 is all coming together. And Jesus always says things at the right time. I'll say it again. Jesus always says things at the right time. The time that it was is that John the Baptist's disciples had just come to him at the beginning of chapter 11. And basically what they're saying, they're saying, Jesus, your cousin our leader is in prison about to get deheaded. And he had a little bit of an expectation that you'd kind of give him a better way and an easier way (laughs) and that you as a Messiah might make it easier on us. Are you sure you're the Messiah? And Jesus warns them. He says, John the Baptist might look like a reed tossed in the wave, but I know all of you are tossed when I move outside of what you expected and how you wanted me to bless you. But I tell you, John the Baptist is a prophet. He is legitimate. But when you're in prison and you thought that Jesus' kingdom looked like setting you free before you lost your head, (laughs) you're in good company with the prophet. Things can get difficult when we want Jesus to move in a way that he's not. And Jesus says, blessed are those who don't get offended at me and my movement. Then right after that, John's disciples leave and they're like, okay, so is John going to get out of prison? And am I going to have like a rabbi guy to teach me? (laughs) And Jesus says, look at the miracles. I'm in step with my father. For me, it looks like miracles. For John, it looks like imprisonment. You got to trust us. Wherever you are in life, if you feel like another believer's portion is more of God for you, don't be deceived and don't get offended. You can be following the same God, but his leadership can look very, very different.
So come out from under the false yoke of comparison. Just waiting because I feel like the Holy Spirit's on this and could you just raise your hand because there's like a corporate, I feel like just like a corporate anointing where it says that if we agree there's breakthrough. Some of you have maybe prayed about the removal of comparison. If you feel comfortable, could you raise your hand if you feel like you're under a yoke where you feel led in your emotions, your mind, your actions by comparison and looking at other people's life? Just raise your hand. All right, the rest of us, we're going to chase Jesus together as he's chasing us. Let's agree in prayer. Keep your hand up. Let's just agree right now. Father, we thank you from this moment that our mind, our will, and our emotions are going to experience reality different because of the blood of Jesus in this room. And so we just speak the blood of Jesus over every false yoke of comparison in Jesus' name. We just declare eyes, see, ears, hear the portion of the Father, and we receive the blessing of those who are not offended at you. So we agree as one. Break that yoke, Holy Spirit, right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Everybody say amen. Amen Amen and yes are powerful agreements. It's right in the Bible. He is the yes and amen. (laughs) Amen. We got time for a few more yokes? I'm baiting you to see how hungry you are. (laughs) Jesus does that to me all the time. He's like, how much do you want that? How much do you want it? So after John's disciples leave, you know what Jesus transitions to? verse 20 through 24 that sets us up for this teaching of this morning. It says that Jesus began to denounce the cities. So John's disciples who are struggling with almost being offended, Jesus proclaims to them the truth and then Jesus says, woe to you cities. Do you think it will go well for you? No, I tell you that your destruction will be worse. Actually, he says, but I tell you, verse 22, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. Verse 23, if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, like Sodom and Gomorrah, that city would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. Do you know what happened for Sodom and Gomorrah? Literal fire, brimstone, the the glories of the heaven open and burning sulfur rained down and destroyed two cities with all of its inhabitants. Except for the righteous, which the angels transitioned out. Jesus' ministry is full of grace and full of truth. Grace comes first, but there is a truthful dimension of what will happen to the wicked. And so Jesus is saying, John, you're under a wicked ruler, Herod. I know. But judgment will come. Endure the cross. Be at rest under my yoke, though it doesn't seem to make sense. And perfection will come. I want to highlight something to us. One day when this man that we're reading about comes back, Jesus Christ, he will storm every single human capital 
and every single governmental system that is not submitted to his kingdom. Every single human structure that didn't bow the knee to his grace and receive him as bridegroom and friend, he will be forced, I don't know if forced is the right word, but he'll be forced to be the judge. Because more than any of us in this room long for a perfect government, perfect leadership, he longs for perfection for his children. And one of the yokes that he wants to break this morning that we saw as a yoke on those at the Capitol was humanism or human effort. Where instead of trusting God to do his will at his time, where the skinny teenager ox one step ahead of Jesus, pushing when Jesus says, no, I'm coming, trust my timing. So I just want to, again, if you feel like right now that you have a zeal for God's will, but there's a way that instead of being excited about his coming judgment, you're worried about governments and systems and where the nations are going to go and there's a concern, instead of my king is coming. I just want you to raise your hand if you feel moved in a way about the systems and the cultures that you know isn't right for you and you feel affected. Maybe you're pulled into Facebook and you're the ox that's trying to save the world through Facebook and it's not working very good. I don't, we're, we're, come on, a lot of us are guilty of that. Let's raise our hands, come on now. Yeah, I, think, I hear people laughing and chuckling. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We just thank you that you're not making us passive. We just agree right now that we will not be passive pushovers in peace in Jesus' name. Any lie that said we were going to be passive by surrendering to the king, we just declare that broken, and we receive now the zeal of your house that consumes us, that comes with peace, that never moves outside of your timing. Lord, we thank you for judgment coming. We thank you that all evil will be destroyed completely. And Father, we ask that you'd help us today to take up our cross like Jesus did to wage war and love in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Verse 25, and we'll kind of come to a conclusion here. At that time, Jesus said these things. There were people caught up in, our nation's going to be judged. Our nation's going to be saved. <laughs> Jesus isn't doing things like I want. The wrong ruler's in place. <laughs> it says, at that time, Jesus said, my father has hidden these things from the wise and learned. But for those that come to the father like a helpless child, boom, it's his pleasure to give you revelation. So I wanna speak to you this morning. You literally can give pleasure to God when you receive his revelation to you. You literally, whether it's right now as you're receiving these revelations, tomorrow, the next day, any moment that you receive revelation, it says that he's pleased and it brings pleasure to share himself with you. All things, verse 27, have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and to those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. I want to ask you this morning, has the Son chosen 
to reveal his father to you? Has the son chosen to reveal his father to you? One of the other false yokes I sense this morning is rejection. Some of you are strapped under this thing that dictates what you do and how you do it. And it's this lie that the father's holding back on you and that Jesus is withholding information about his daddy's heart for you. Maybe it manifests in your mind like, well, how can I know what tomorrow holds? Which is partially true. Or maybe, you know, some people hear from God, but that's not for me. Or maybe it's, well, of course God speaks to me because I have the Bible, but like, he doesn't talk to me about how he feels about me while I'm washing dishes. It might manifest in a lot of different ways, but there's a yoke of rejection that tells you that you're not loved by the Father like you actually are. and that Jesus isn't willing to chase you down with the revelation of his father. So I just want to ask you right now, if that's bearing witness in your heart of like, oh my goodness, yes. (laughs) I just want you to raise your hand again. I think this will be the last one. But if you feel that blockage, Lord, we thank you that Jesus has chosen us, all of us in this room. And it says in the scripture here, that no one knows your daddy. None of us can know our daddy except through Jesus if he chooses to reveal it. And this day, the Holy Spirit's bearing witness to you right now that he has chosen to reveal the father to you. And he, he says right now, my children, I'm making you to be like babes and infants. For it's not that I'm withholding from you, it's that I'm making you able to receive it. For some of you are wise and learned of this world and some of you are connected to things that if I were to reveal certain parts of myself to you, you would be mishandled by the enemy in the revelation. So ask and you will receive. I will teach you the way of the child, of childlikeness. I will show you how I walked with my father and all that you've been longing for that rejection said you would not get. I've covenanted to give it to you, but I give it at just the right time. Thank you, Lord.